0: listening to Healing Through Tarot. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Hardison. Together, we're going to explore divination and help you start your own journey with tarot. I'll discuss my tarot journey and offer ways to use tarot for healing, self-development, and personal growth. So let's get started. Hi, listeners. Welcome to episode 26 of Healing Through Tarot. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Hardison. In this episode, we will discuss layering readings by mixing tarot with other divinatory methods such as runes, oracle, lenormand, numerology, crystals, astrology, and pendulums. From the beginning of my tarot journey, I mixed in at least oracle cards with most of my tarot spreads. Over the years, I've expanded to include a mixture of all kinds of divinatory tools. Tarot will always be my first love, but I am attracted to almost any type of divination. I always suggest that people start out with either oracle or tarot and then work up to including other layers of divining tools because the more data I use, the richer and more accurate my readings are. Divination has been used since the dawn of time, as best we can tell. It's even included in the Bible. Over the millennia, many methods have been utilized to divine information from beyond. That leaves us with such a variety of tools to pull from. Years ago, I took Truth and Story's History of Divination class, and I learned about all kinds of early forms of divination using ohms, runes, dice, and bones used across millennia to divine answers from Spirit. The cards came later, after paper was created, of course. Early forms of fortune-telling with cards used playing cards and hand-painted cards used by royalty as a game. Later the cards were used for divination, and the rest, as we know, is history. I find it comforting to know that my ancestors had the same urges to know more about what is out there. As a child, I used bibliomancy as my main source of divination, although I didn't know that's what I was doing at the time. I would ask a question or ask for advice and concentrate on that question and then open my Bible and the place that my eyes landed was my answer. I was surprised at how comforting those messages were. It helped me to feel connected to something out there and helped me feel that maybe somebody was out there listening to me and watching over me or at least cared enough to communicate with me. In my pre-adolescent years, I, like so many other kids in the 80s, clung to my magic 8-ball for answers to my burning questions. This cheap plastic toy hardly ever gave answers that were satisfying, but it was always fun to come up with a list of questions that I wanted to throw out there for the universe to tackle. Shaking this dime store toy gave me butterflies in my stomach every time as I wondered what the answer would be. Usually, it was outlook not so good or reply hazy try again, but that didn't ruin the magic of this ritual. As a teenager, I would make the paper version of a divination reading, which I'm sure many in my generation did. This is what you would call a paper fortune teller. We would fold a piece of paper into eight flaps, each concealing a prediction, and once constructed and colored in, the seeker would choose a number or a color. The diviner would then flip through the number of motions chosen by the seeker until the prediction was revealed, which could be anything from who we would marry, how many kids we would have, and what car we would drive. Trivial, but still loads of fun for young inquiring minds. Humans will always have questions we yearn to have answered. Over three and a half years into my terror journey, I still haven't run out of questions to ask, and I assume I never will. Divination is likely to only increase as time goes on. Who knows what we'll use in the future for divining answers. The most common combination of divinatory tools that I use would be tarot and oracle. I love oracle decks. I have way more oracle decks than tarot decks because I have a diverse collection of themes and genres to play around with. I currently have 53 oracle decks and 18 tarot decks. I use oracle cards almost always when pulling tarot, unless I'm just throwing down a quick spread and in a rush. I like to use oracle cards as opening messages to set the tone and energy of the reading, for messages from guides or ancestors, as closing messages to the reading, to clarify other cards, to represent blockages and how to move through those blockages, comforting messages for the clients, and as advice for dealing with obstacles. For example, I may pull a Power of Surrender card if I had a tarot card that said to let go, like we would see with the Hangman card. This can help show the client what exactly needs to be released and adds depth to the message. I use Archetype Decks to work with psychological concepts, universal themes, and for shadow work. Oracles are great for insight into all kinds of questions. Self-care oracle cards are wonderful for offering advice on how to nurture ourselves, and chakra oracle cards are great to identify which chakra to work with at that particular time. I love mixing all of these themes together. I also love using oracles in a year-ahead spread. I will pull a tarot card for each month of the upcoming year, and then pull an oracle card for each of the four seasons. This helps me get a glimpse of the energies and themes that will be present during those times of year, and I check in with this spread throughout the year to see how I'm progressing. I often design spreads with questions where some are geared towards tarot and some are better for pulling an oracle card. For instance, the majority of the spread might be tarot card pulls to show me where I am currently, the root cause of an issue or obstacle, steps moving forward, and possible outcomes in the situation. And then I devote a few positions for oracle card pulls, for blocks, insights into those blocks so I can understand them better, advice on moving forward, and message of support from guides or the universe, however you like to word it. The closing message might also be an oracle card pull to wrap things up nicely. The reason I like using oracle cards for blockages is that I find it gives a depth to the blocks showing up in the spread. They show us what is holding us back and why we're so resistant in that area. You can even choose to pull a tarot card and an oracle card for the block's position to go even deeper. I've heard some people say that they avoid working with oracle decks because they find that they're too gentle or comforting. But in my experience, each oracle deck stands alone. Yes, there are decks that only cover the light side of things, but there are plenty of oracle decks out there that cover the entire range of human emotion. It is all in the decks that you choose to work with. I personally have built a very diverse collection of Oracle decks that I love to mix and match. When using Oracle cards, look at the images, because that can spark even more messages for you beyond what the guidebook gives you. This is where your personal intuition guides you, and you're able to tap into personal meanings, which will make your readings more unique and powerful. Make sure to notice the numbers on the oracle cards, just like in tarot. Numerology is important no matter what card system you're using. I even have numerology oracle decks to pull from. The numerology guidance cards are my favorite to use. Numerology is mixed in with the tarot beautifully, so this layer is easy to weave into the analysis of your readings. There are four suits in the minor arcana, and each suit has an ace through ten. So when throwing spreads, train yourself to look for repeating numbers. Each major arcana card has a number associated with them as well. If you notice three nines in your spread, this shows that you're close to an ending of a cycle. If you pulled several aces, you have a new cycle beginning, especially if you get the fool or magician cards along with it, because those are assigned a zero and one respectively. And the Wheel of Fortune card is card 10, which signals both an end of a cycle and ushering in a new beginning. Numerology is also involved when calculating your personal tarot year card every year and your tarot birth card and life path number. I cover those topics in depth in episode 20 if you need a refresher on the importance of those cards for you. Life path numbers play an important role in your readings. I'm always aware when I pull fours of any suit or in the major arcana, even multiples of four. I'm a life path four, so those always jump out at me. Note when your life path number pops up for you. When reading for someone else, I always ask their date of birth so I can calculate their life path number and Tarot birth card before I begin their reading. That's because I place a lot of emphasis on these numbers. And I always want to note when these cards present themselves in a spread. Add up the numbers on the cards in your spreads as well. If you pull a 12 card, notice any other 3s in the spread, since 12 reduces to a 3. Notice any numbers in the spreads that are repeating numbers that you see in your daily life, like 11s or 5s. Signs are everywhere. I see 11 almost every day, so if I see 11s in the spread, That gives me another sign to factor in. I want to walk you through the numerology present in the tarot. There are themes associated with each number in the suits and the majors that you could use to add another layer of depth to your readings. Aces represent the beginning of a new cycle. They are new energy and ideas, inspiration, potential, gifts from the universe and universal support, and opportunities. Aces are the purest form of each suit and hold the essence of that element. Twos in the tarot represent balance, duality, choices, and reflection. Threes represent growth and expansion, creativity, synergy, relationships, groups, friendships, cooperation, and collaboration. Four signify foundation, structure, Stability and planning. Five symbolize conflict, challenges, competition, and change. Sixes represent advancement, success, harmony, and travel. Sevens signify struggle, change in course, discipline, planning, cunning, strategy, and patience is required here rather than instant gratification. Eights represent reevaluation, evolution and change, strength, release, and movement from one phase to the next. Nines symbolize fulfillment, contemplation, getting closer to achieving a goal, and getting closer to the end of a cycle. And here, you can see the finish line. Tens represent the end of a cycle, and it could be the end of a stressful and trying cycle, especially with the 10 of swords and the 10 of wands. We also have karma at play here, completion, transformation, and taking responsibility. Here we reap the rewards of our work or we deal with the consequences of our actions along the way. We complete the lessons from our journey and a new cycle will soon begin as we close this cycle out. Now let's cover how to weave in astrology with your readings. This is one of my favorite aspects of layered readings. With astrology, again, we have that built into the tarot because the Golden Dawn Society added astrology to the tarot around the late 1800s, I believe. I'm grateful for this addition because this allows us to see the astrological energies at play at the time of our readings. I often see the energy of full and new moons as well as eclipses and retrogrades pop up in my spreads. We can also factor in planets and zodiac signs at play for you or other players in your life when looking at birth cards and court card signifiers. I'm going through a Pluto transit to my Capricorn Sun currently, and I can't tell you how often the death card comes up for me, which represents Pluto, the ruling planet of the Scorpio sign associated with the death card in the tarot. I also get the devil card a lot in my spreads because it's the card of Capricorn. This is why I never flinch when I see it pop up because it's so ingrained in my own energy. It has its own meaning for me as one of my prominent tarot cards. I love to use astrology oracle cards with certain spreads, like my monthly spreads or my year ahead spreads, and definitely with eclipse spreads, to see which planets and astrological energies are at play. I use the Black Moon astrology cards and the Moonology Oracle cards, and they work really well for me to give me extra information on how to navigate certain astrological energies and events. There's always something going on in the sky, and the more we tap into the energy unfolding, the more we can understand how to work with this energy for our benefit. To learn more about the association with tarot and astrology, you can read the book by Corinne Kenner Tarot and Astrology. Enhance your readings with the wisdom of the Zodiac. Learning the astrological associations with each tarot card helps you add depth to your tarot readings and vice versa, because you can even use the tarot to understand your own astrological birth chart more fully. And knowing astrology helps you to interpret the meaning of the cards and assign court cards to people based on their Zodiac signs. The more I learn about astrology, the more I see it throughout the tarot. In Corinne's book, she gives you the correspondence between the planets and the major arcana cards, and she covers the 12 signs of the zodiac and shows you which cards represent them. Then she walks you through the major arcana and their astrological associations. This book helps you match which tarot cards represent your month of birth. This is important to learn because I've noticed how often my sun, moon, and ascendant sign cards come up in my tarot readings along with my tarot birth card. These show important life lessons that you will encounter repeatedly throughout your life. Corinne walks you through all 78 tarot cards and gives you the astrological associations. For example, the star card is Aquarius and the seven of Pentacles is Saturn and Taurus, so the minors get really specific. She even gives you the golden dawn card titles and meanings. So for the seven of pinnacles this meaning is lord of success unfulfilled because he delays gratification and reward until they've been earned. Corinne provides meanings for each card in the tarot and gives a timetable for each. Using the seven of pentacles again, we see it falls in the third deacon of Taurus, which usually falls between May 11th and 20th, when the sun is between 20 and 30 degrees of Taurus. So if you want to layer in timing into your readings as well, this book helps you narrow down specific dates and timelines. Just specify your intention to use the date assigned to each card before you shuffle and pull. It's always important to set specific intentions first to assure accurate readings. Her Tarot and Astrology book also covers basics in astrology regarding reading and interpreting your own birth chart, the details of the 12 astrological houses, and sample chart readings to help you understand how to dissect your own chart. To get the most out of blending tarot and astrology, get into the routine of pulling tarot spreads on new and full moons, eclipses, mercury retrogrades, planetary transits, and your birthday. These two systems, when used together, can open up a whole new way for you to navigate your path forward on your journey through life. After a quick break, I will continue discussing the list of divinatory tools I use in layered readings. I'm excited to announce the launch of my second spread ebook. It's called Healing Through Tarot Healing and Mental Health Spreads, Volume 1. This ebook contains 15 custom spreads centered around healing and mental health. Volume 1 contains a spread for family healing, wound healing, as well as self care, blind spots, empowerment, how to step into your full potential, a way back to yourself spread, and much more. You can find this spread ebook on my website healingthroughtarot.com for twelve ninety nine. A list of all fifteen spreads is included on my website. You can use Oracle or tarot cards with these spreads. This ebook is designed to help take you through the healing work needed to heal old wounds and step into brand new energy of empowerment. Together, we can heal through tarot. If you would like to support this podcast monthly please consider signing up for a small pledge to help me be able to continue to produce these quality episodes every two weeks. There's a listener support link at the bottom of the show notes for each episode. You can also find that link on the Anchor site for my podcast, and it's also provided in my companion blogs for each podcast episode on my website, HealingThroughTerror.com. Any pledge is appreciated. Now let's get back to layering our divinatory tools. Elements are all throughout the tarot and a common thread through divination readings. The four elements, air, earth, water, and fire are showcased in the four suits of the tarot. So this is a natural layer to use in your readings. The element of fire is associated with the wand suit in the tarot. With the wands, we have creativity, areas you are passionate about, Business and spirituality. I always think of adventures or a journey with the wands. This energy is active yang energy, so it is masculine in nature. Within the wand suit, you have surges of energy, adrenaline, excitement, movement, and pure enthusiasm. The element of water is associated with the cup suit in the tarot. With the cups, we have relationships either in love, friendship, business, or partners and other endeavors. The cups are about emotion, intuition, art, joy, spirituality, harmony, and blessings. They represent creativity and imagination, just like in the wand suit. This suit represents intuitives, empaths, psychics, healers, and artists. This is yin energy, so it is feminine in nature and receptive, not active. The element of air is associated with the swords in the tarot. With the swords, we have ideas, thoughts, new perspectives, knowledge, communication, truth, and justice. Here we can have epiphanies, inspired thoughts, strategy, or a stroke of genius. This can relate to academics, writing, communication, or in relation to legal cases or of matters of justice versus injustice. This energy is yang energy, so it is active and masculine, not receptive. The element of earth is associated with the pinnacle suit in the tarot. With the pinnacles, we have security, manifestation, and grounding. Pinnacles represent our work and finances. So in this suit, we may see opportunities related to work, areas of study, or acquiring skills. Pinnacles also represent our bodies, health, and possessions. This is yin energy, so it is feminine and receptive and not active. This is the slowest moving element regarding time and progress. It is slow but steady. Using oracle decks heavily themed with the elements adds an elemental layer to your readings. You've heard me talk about the Earth Magic Oracle before, and this is a great oracle deck to include as it is comprised of cards with naturalistic scenes associated with oceans, volcanoes, deserts, and forests. Each card has a keyword on the front to help you associate the elements. For example, rain is purification, desert is a vision quest, the fire card denotes passion, and lightning is power. These nature scenes help infuse the elements into your readings always pay attention to the elements coming through in your spreads. Did you know that Lenormand cards can even be added to your tarot readings? Lenormand is a completely different system than tarot. It is a 36-card system, and you can use it to throw 3, 6, and 9-card spreads and even a grand tableau using all 36 cards. Lenormand cards are great because they're so specific in their meanings, and you can use them to narrow down the root causes of everyday events. For example, several times that I've had appliances go out at home, I've used Lenormand cards to throw a quick spread to help identify the cause of the failure as I waited for the repairman to come fix the AC. The cards revealed the problems each time, with it being the fuse on the first spread, and the second time it happened, it was related to the thermostat. It's fascinating to work with a system that gets this specific. Remember though, Lenormand cards are meant to be read together as a line and not as individual cards. For each tarot card I want to clarify in a spread, I usually pull three Lenormand cards. Other times I will pull a full tarot spread and then pull a smaller Lenormand one, and this helps identify specific causes to the issue or specific actions to take. I found the method of combining Lenormand and tarot quite helpful in readings on complex issues. Raina George's book on Lenormand is my favorite book for Lenormand spreads and card meanings. It's called The Essential Lenormand, Your Guide to Precise and Practical Fortune Telling. If you want to learn Lenormand, Tony Pule is an amazing teacher. She has many levels of Kipper and Lenormand courses on her site through World Divination Association. If you want to watch a master read a grand tableau, watch Tony on her YouTube channel The Card Geek or Becca at the House of Lenormand. It is mesmerizing to watch each of them pull a 36 card Grand Tableau and dissect it thoroughly. Runes can be cast over your cards in a spread, offering you deeper meanings for each of your messages. For me, Runes call out with certain decks and on certain topics. I don't use them often, and I don't cast a full rune reading. I usually pull just a few runes at a time. When I'm working with the Bone Stone and Earth Flesh Tarot, and the Wild Unknown Tarot, and Wild Unknown Archetypes, I just feel pulled to use my Tiger Eye Runes, because these decks tap into ancient wisdom, crone energy, and ancestral work, which seems to pair nicely with the runes. Runes can also be great for a closing message to a reading or an ancestral message. Runes can also be used for a clarifying message as well. They pair really nicely with the tarot. I have one rune book that I work with called A Little Bit of Runes that I picked up at my local Barnes & Noble store, but there are plenty of books on runes out there, and I will list a few options in the show notes and on my blog. Did you know that you could use pendulums in your readings as well? They're quite easy to incorporate. Sometimes I use a pendulum for clarifying if a card is a certain meaning in a spread. I don't do this often, but it comes in handy if there's a card that can mean very different things in varying circumstances. Let's say I pulled the Four of Cups, and I want to know if it's saying to just meditate or not to pass up a particular opportunity that's being offered. Most of the time I can tell this on my own by the surrounding cards or with intuitive hits, but this is an option if you get stuck. I'd say I use this maybe once every three months to settle a card meeting. I wouldn't want to overuse this because your intuition is like a muscle and you want to build it up by allowing it to work these problems out. But this is an option when you feel stuck. If I'm reading for others, I do often pull my pendulum at the end of the reading to ask if all messages have come through. I can usually feel energetically when the reading is complete, but I always ask to make sure I've received all the messages from the client's guides. This is just a nice way to close down a reading, and I think it's respectful to the guides I'm working with at the time. You can also ask your pendulum if you should pull more cards in a spread, or you can ask if a court card represents you or another person. When you first start working with your pendulum, You will spend time with it programming it for each of your responses, so you will know when the answer is yes, no, or inconclusive. Crystals are a nice addition to divination readings. I use Carnelian for creative spreads, Rose Quartz and Golden Healers for healing work, and Moonstone, Lemurian Quartz, Selenite, and Clear Quartz for intuition, and third eye work. I like to have a few crystals in my pocket as I read, a few around the area I'm placing the cards, and I place some on top of the decks before I even pick them up. You can do this to charge the decks before you begin, or leave the crystals on top of the decks overnight. I also use a crystal deck to find which crystal energy is best to work with for myself or clients. My favorite to work with is the Crystal Spirits Oracle by Colette Baron reed This deck has only been out a few years, and it's a great deck to use to identify the crystals that you would benefit from working with on a daily basis. It's also a great way to learn the properties of each crystal, because the guidebook has a lot of information dedicated to each crystal represented in the deck. This deck gives you 58 crystal cards, and helps to pinpoint which chakras may be unbalanced since crystals are paired with certain chakras like we talked about in episode 22. In this deck, each crystal has distinct and unique energies and each has its own message. Reversal cards help you to identify where you need improvement quickly and where you are experiencing resistance at the moment. You can also add chakra cards to your readings to narrow down the chakras that need work related to the issue you are inquiring about. The Chakra Reading Cards by Rochelle Harmon is an oracle-based deck with 36 cards divided into 9 chakras, so each chakra has 4 cards dedicated to them. Rochelle uses the 7 main chakras that we usually talk about, plus the Soul Star Chakra above the Crown Chakra and the Earth Star Chakra, which lies several inches below our feet and is connected to Mother Earth. These cards are color-coded according to the colors associated with each chakra. Each card holds messages to give you ideas on specific techniques to use to work through blockages with your chakras. If you pulled the family card, this clearly states that you have issues with your root chakra and need to heal old family wounds, work on releasing outdated family beliefs, or find a way to reconnect and clear the air with family to feel more secure. Adding crystal energy and chakra work adds two other layers to your readings to help make them richer and more meaningful. As we wrap up this episode, I want to point out that everything that happens in a reading is important. Notice if a phone rings or a siren goes off when pulling a certain card, or if you hear animal noises like birds and dogs, or even lightning crashing outside your window. Even pay attention to the time on the clocks in your eyeline. It all counts as signs and messages once the reading starts. Any noise disruptions could be calling attention to a card or a message that's highly important. I often have an email or a phone notification go off during a reading, and when it draws my attention to the phone, it might say 1111 or 222, and then I immediately look at the card that I just pulled. Then that may become the focus of the reading if my intuition pulls me there. I covered a lot of different layers that you can build into your readings to help make them richer, but there are even more that I've yet to try. For instance, you could add charms, astrodice for astrology, dominoes, dice, and ohms. I'm currently collecting items from my own life to use as charms to cast over my readings. I feel it will mean more to me if I choose items with personal connections than buying a charm kit. That's probably the next layer that I will add in. Experiment with different methods to see what clicks for you. Everyone has their own preferences. And it makes it unique to you. Links for all the decks and books discussed in this episode are in the show notes and on my blog on my website, healingthroughtarot.com. In the next episode, I will discuss which tarot and oracle decks pair well together now that we've tackled layering these systems. I'll also share which types of questions I use these decks for. So join me next time. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you found this information valuable, consider subscribing to the show so you never miss an episode. And please rate and review this podcast and tell fellow card readers about the show. You can find more tarot tips on my blog on healingthroughtarot.com and on my Pinterest and Instagram page, both under Healing Through Tarot. That's through spelled T-H-R-U. See you next time, card slingers.